Excited to have our next guest here on Couch Conversations. He's a former two-time Impact World Champion and current Impact Tag Team Champion. Please, in the comments, help us welcome Eric Young. Yeah, Eric, how you, you doing, man? Yeah, good. Yeah, good. We're in uh, Covington, Kentucky. I mean, Cincinnati, technically, Yeah. Uh, to everybody uh, for Under Siege pay-per-view here with uh, Impact Wrestling. And I love this city, love this part of the country. Uh, it's a drive for me, so just hop in the car in five hours and here I am and, and here we are. There you go, man. Whole interview, man. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate yeah. it. I followed you on Instagram and then you followed me back, which I didn't expect. And I'm like, oh, no, maybe he actually will do this podcast. Yeah, yeah. What, what I mean, I like uh, lots of people got to start somewhere. Yeah. You were mentoring Chris Van Vliet and he's a professional. He wasn't always a professional. You know, right. he, he started doing this and learning and and uh, I, I respect the hustle and you're, you're professional and your, your setup looks good. So Thank here you. we are talking about me, which is not very interesting to me, but <laughs> interesting to some people, I suppose. It it is to the fans, of course. Yeah. Before we dive into your career and what you're doing with Impact Wrestling now, like how can you tell us how this all started for you? Like, what made you want to break into this wrestling business? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been a, a fan of wrestling my whole life. Um, I've, I've watched it and followed it basically since I was three or four. Okay. Um, in the small town in Canada where I grew up, there there still isn't cable television. Wow. And uh, so not until like the invention of like the small RCA satellites was I able to watch it on a like a regular basis, like, you know, it's going to make me sound old, but like I literally had an antenna in my yard, a 10 <laughs> antenna tower, and I got like nine channels. And one of them was uh, WDLV 38 out of Detroit. And uh, it had like Saturday morning wrestling. And that was like really my only access to it. Uh, my dad would take me to bars illegally when I was a kid and I'd sit cross-legged <laughs> on the floor around all these drunk construction workers watching the pay-per-views and they'd all lose their minds when Hacksaw Jim Duggan would come out. But yeah, I mean, I just, I've loved it. And I fell in and out of it uh, when I was younger. And then just at like the start of high school, um, an export neighbor of mine, a good friend of mine, Bill Littlewood, got me really back into it. And I I've said this in interviews before, other than my family, my, my mom, my sister, and my dad, it's my was my first love. It's the first thing okay. that I truly loved in the world, and I just I couldn't consume enough of it. I couldn't read enough about it. I couldn't learn enough about it. I couldn't watch enough of it. Like it just it consumed every second of my day, my entire life, and uh, that's the biggest reason why I'm sitting here. You know what I mean? It's just something that I loved, and I never had a plan. I never thought, oh, I'm gonna be on TV and I'm gonna be famous and I'm gonna be verified on Twitter and I'm gonna, Twitter didn't <laughs> exist and I'm going to have, you know, 600,000 social media followers and travel the world and make money. None of that was yeah. part of the equation. It, I just loved it and wanted to do it. The rest of it I didn't even care about, to be honest. Uh, that all fell into place eventually. But it's like one of those classic stories is like you follow what you're passionate about hard enough and long enough, it will work out. And I'm proof of that. Yeah. That's great. So who was your guy growing up, like, when you're watching, you know, Saturday wrestling? Yeah, I mean, there's a long list. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, Shawn Michaels is my biggest influence. Okay. Um, loved him when he was in the Rockers. Loved him when he broke away. Um, I, I wrote an article when I was with the WWE uh, for ESPN. It was called My Love Letter to the Heartbreak Kid. If anyone wants to find it, it's out there on the internet somewhere. So you talk uh, about getting to work with him in that letter also? Yeah, and, like, it's a really interesting story of how our – careers crisscrossed a whole bunch and he would never remember because he's just super famous and going about his day but as a person that idolized him how we kind of crisscrossed at all these like really kind of um 
really, really flashpoints in my career. You know, and, okay. uh, the biggest one was wrestling in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I'm, I'm the opening dark match, which is a match that airs before television, like a tryout. I'm wrestling this guy who I'm told is not very good, and I'm nervous about that because it's basically a tryout. And we're the first match that anyone in the building's going to see. There's like 38,000 people there for Monday Night Raw. Wow. They announced me from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, huge ovation. Nobody knows who I am, but <laughs> I'm the hometown boy wrestling yeah. this guy that's already out there and being the bad guy. And we had a decent match. You know, it's they're short, and you just dude, keep it basic, keep it in the ring. And, and uh, I had met Sean kind of in passing earlier in the day and made me really nervous. Okay. And I don't get nervous about anything. Um, <laughs> And he was opening Raw that night, so he was in the go position. As I walked by him, he kind of grabbed my arm and he said, hey, man, it's one of the best dark matches I've ever seen. And it took I'm a very emotional person, and wow. it took everything in my power not to just cry in front of him. You know, and from that moment on, I've never doubted myself or my abilities. That would be like, I'm not a religious person, but like if you're a Christian or yeah. you're a Catholic, that would be like Jesus showing up at your house and saying you're doing a great job. That's what that was like for me pivotal you know and from that point on I knew one way or another I was going to do it forever you know I was going to make a, a career out of it That's the best scary. in the world bell to bell I don't think it's arguable he's the best to ever do it yeah lots of guys are in his league for sure right. but in my opinion bell to bell he's the best in ring performer of all time and it's any I don't think he'll ever be touched and he said I did a pretty good job the so, heartbreak kid yeah man. once that music hits I love it yeah yeah it's I mean obviously it's a it's a very strange song. Yeah. And, uh, a very thing to come out to, especially later in his career when he's born again and a much different person. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, him, I mean, I love Bret Hart, obviously. Uh, Terry Funk, Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat, Macho Man Randy Savage. I mean, the list is long, man. Okay. How long do we have? <laughs> like, it's, it's long. And that's because I, I, I like wrestling for me is like music. It's art. And I like all different kinds. Right. You know, I like all different kinds. There's not one style. There's not one way of doing it. Um, I have a vinyl collection. That's, I've got over 2,300 vinyl albums. And that's wow. because I listen to everything, you know. Okay. And with wrestling, is the same. I, I consume it all. So you're kind of like that. That goes into my next question. You're kind of like that when it comes to your character. You've reinvented yourself, you know, multiple times over and over, and it still continues to work for you. How difficult is that for you to continue to get over with the fans? Is it, does it come natural to you? Or? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's. Uh, I always think it's like it's this neat challenge, you know, okay. and that's how I look at it. And I like when things are hard. Uh, I'm not, you know, it's not a, a cocky thing or a conceited thing, but wrestling has always been pretty easy for me. It's just one of those things, like, I was good at it right away. It's the only time that's ever happened in my life <laughs> where I started doing something and, like, instantly, like, you know, within the first week of the wrestling school, I was, it was obvious I was the best wrestler there. Okay. It, you know, and, and I think most people that were there would agree. And uh, I was just a natural at it. And, of course, there's, there's non tons of things that, you can't know without doing it and by gaining experience and stuff, but that's what kind of sets me apart as well, I think, is you could probably name somebody if you thought long enough, but um, you know how many wrestlers can say they've seen the card from every angle like me? Yeah. I mean, I've been the opening match. I've been the main event. I've been a bad guy. I've been a good guy. I, have, I was wrestling women before it was a cool thing to do. <laughs> I, I, you know, I was a women's tag team champion. I wrestled and beat Kurt Angle. I've wrestled Sting. I've wrestled uh, Bobby Roode. I've wrestled and beat Bobby Lashley. I, I mean, I've done all these amazing things, and, and I've played all these different characters. I made people laugh. I made them cry. I made them worry. I made them hope. I mean, you know, and that's, that's the beauty of pro wrestling is this beautiful art 
thing. You know, it's and some people look at it as low brow, but the challenge of changing myself and changing what people think of me and how people view me now and how differently they viewed me 10 years ago is, is yeah. really cool. I think it's my number one feather in my cap. I think it's my number one skill is being able to make people invested in what I'm doing and make people interested in what I'm doing and also making them believe that that's who I am. I'm that person. Right. The truth is, is I'm none of those people. <laughs> I'm this person. Right. You know? So it's, uh, it, it's an interesting task. Uh, and I think it, it's one of my number one skills. Okay, so do you like Eric Young the heel or Eric Young babyface? It depends on what day you ask me, man. I mean, I, I like doing it all. Um, to be honest, I think right now is the most fun I've ever had in my career. Okay. Um, part of that is 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 the collaboration of Impact. You know, it's, it's this is the best locker room I've ever been part of. This is the best management and, and staff that I've ever been around. Um, and the best way for me to describe it is everyone is pulling the rope in the same direction. You know, like in the end, we're all independent contractors and we're all have to watch out for ourselves right. and be worried about ourselves. That's first. That's never going to change. But at the same time, everyone that works here, and I think even people that come and go understand that what we have at Impact right now is something very special, something very unique. And, and Scott Demore and his, his group of people and the people at Anthem have groomed this culture and this um, believability in what we're doing and this um, camaraderie and this team spirit. And when you're the third or fourth option, you know, you, you'd have to have everyone pulling the rope. And I think it's clear to everybody. It's very clear to me because I've done this for a long time, but even guys that are, are guys and girls that are younger is if this company doesn't do well, we can't do well. Right. So in turn, the most important thing is for people to look at, see, and view the, pos the, po the product and the company in a positive light. And that's number one. You know, there's, there's no um, money in it and doing it for yourself. And, it, you know, if this company isn't doing well and isn't moving forward and striving to make changes to make it better, we can't be better as, 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 as performers. So it's a, it's a really cool point in my career. I'm, I'm not anywhere close to done yet, okay. but I am, I'm getting long in the tooth. Okay. Uh, I'm, uh, my, my match, I was talking about it earlier this morning. I got Slammiversary when I debuted, I guess a little over, uh, two years ago, the first Slammiversary and whatever that was 2020, Ace Austin is in the match and during the match and he said something about how old he was and it dawned on me during the day <laughs> that he could be my son and it wouldn't even be weird, you know, like it wouldn't be strange. I would have had him when I was 22 years old Yeah. and uh, I was wrestling. I was already wrestling and on the road when he was born. That's like Tom Brady with the draft picks come, or, right. you know, the draft. Same thing. He was in the league. Right. Right. When these people were being born. Right. So it's, uh, it's yeah, wild. It's, it's wild. About. I don't know when it happened, but you blink and you're the old guy all of a sudden. So. <laughs> So in 2016, you're with Impact Wrestling now, of course, but in 2016, uh, you did uh, go, you know, return to the WWE for their NXT brand. You were a part of the group Sanity. Yep. Uh, did you enjoy those four years there? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I loved, uh, loved NXT. Uh, I'm still very good friends and very close with Triple H. Cool. And, uh, I mean, that was another time in my career, and I, I, it would be a 1A, 1B, you know, my time at NXT because it was very collaborative there. And I'm not saying that I know everything, but I think when you're part of something and you're part of the creative process and you're able to put your own spin on it, because in the end, nobody knows me like me. 
right? Like, the, uh, there's no way for them to know what I believe and what I think and what I think is possible without me believing it myself. So um, that was something like, you know, all the stuff at Sanity, from the music to the gear we wore to the jackets to the entrance, I was very hands-on with all of it. And uh, I'll never forget that opportunity that was given to me. You know, Sanity was a huge part of the NXT brand for three or four years. We were one of the top acts. We were on every show. We were on every takeover. We were on every television show, match of the year, tag team of the year. Um, you know, one of the top acts in, in the whole company with guys with Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa and Bobby Roode and Shinsuke mm -hmm. Nakamura and Finn Balor and all these people. We're right there. We're right there in the mix and considered, you know, just as big a part of that as any of those guys. And uh, and that's a prestigious place to be, an honorable place to be. Um, yeah, I, I love my time there. The time on the main roster, uh, I enjoyed the money. Uh, <laughs> past that, I didn't enjoy a whole lot about it, to be honest. I was... Uh, it, it, it was uh, it was not ideal for me, um, and I've said this in other interviews. We don't have to go deep into it, but he, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not the first person he's missed on. I won't be the last. There's no hard feelings. I'm not bitter. I'm sad about it more than anything. Yeah, uh, I'm sad for him. I'm sad for WWE fans who never got to experience me and, and what I'm capable of. And my thing was, and I said it to him. I said it to his face in a meeting I had with him. If you can't find ten minutes for Eric Young to do something on your television show, then you failed. And I said it to him and, and I mean, I, I felt like he heard what I was saying. I wasn't saying it in an insulting way. Mm -hmm. I was saying it as in, I'm not good at anything, but this I'm good at and I can do all of it. Yeah. Whatever it is you want me to do, I can do it and I can do it better than you think. You just have to tell me what you want. And he never did. I think so you've proven that. I have proven it a thousand times <laughs> yeah. before I went there and a thousand times since I've left. And uh, like I said, it's, they're just busy being a billion-dollar company. They don't, they don't care about me. They don't care about you. And they care about money, and that's what the business is about. And it, there is no hard feelings. We're sitting here, and I have an amazing life and have had an amazing career doing all these things because of Vince McMahon and Vince McMahon's vision. Right. He, you know, he is – he refused to, to allow it to not be mainstream. He fought tooth and nail. He hasn't slept in four decades. He's a tireless worker. He's, you know, he made wrestling what it is. And anyone that says any different is a liar yeah. and is not being honest. I'm, I can say he's not my favorite person I've worked for. There's no hard feelings. Yeah. He was never mean to me. He was never disrespectful. He was always kind, always took time to talk to me if I talked to him. And they paid me very well and took very good care of me. It just didn't work out, you know, and, and, uh, I'm a believer in fate. I have the word fate tattooed under my right arm, and I, I believe I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Um, I, you know, I would have loved the opportunity to, to show him what I could do, to show the WWE world what I can do, but half of the fans there, they already know, right? And yeah. that's what I get the most on social media or on interviews, is like, oh man, they really missed. I know, yeah. I know they missed, and he, he doesn't know, but anyone that works there, or anyone that's worked with me is fully aware. So what was that departure like from the WWE? Because you know Twitter goes really crazy. And, oh, yeah. you know, when they refer to quote-unquote budget cuts. Yeah. I mean, I mean that was the, the only part that upset me, upset me was that is I'm, I'm a 40-year-old man. You know I mean? I have a functioning brain. You're a publicly traded company. You can't call me and tell me you're cutting me because of budget reasons. <laughs> right. And three weeks before, you reported the most earnings the company's ever had in a single quarter. Right. So that doesn't compute. And if you're trying to save money, you're not getting rid of me. There's 40 guys making 10 times the amount of money I was making. Yeah. You're, you're releasing those guys if you're trying to make budget cuts. Right. I, I'm not I'm not debt in the armor. You know, I, I was making very good money. Um, 
you know, a very, very good living and uh, was happy with what I was making, um, mostly because I wasn't doing anything. I just fly in Monday, eat some food, hang out with my buddies <laughs> and fly home Tuesday morning. Um, professionally, very, very underwhelmed, uh, very dissatisfied, but um, in my personal, my personal life is amazing. My, I've, I've already done more in wrestling than I ever set out to do. And uh, all of it now is just, it's just gravy on top. I do it because I love to do it. That's I mean, great. I don't have to. I'm very lucky at 42. If I played my cards right, I could probably retire now. I'm at Impact because I choose to be there. I don't right. have to do it anymore. So it's uh, it's a cool place to be. That's great. So you, for anyone that doesn't know, you had your own television show, yeah. Off the Hook Extreme Catches, yeah. where you're catching these massive fish, you know, gators. Um, how did that opportunity come about? And uh, are you still fishing, you know? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a funny. Off it's camera? one of those, definitely one of those... Uh, who knows you and the people you meet okay. and the relationships you cultivate and wrestling is a very small world um, like most businesses um, and you're gonna you're gonna cross paths with people and you're gonna see them on the way up and see them on the way down and some see them everywhere in between and um, a, a girl Jess Ward who is now married to Tommaso Ciampa um, they have a, a beautiful little girl together um, she was a production assistant for impact for a while while she was doing that, she was in school for film, and I helped her with a couple of her projects and was like a detective in one of them and uh, acted as Eric Young in a music video and a couple <laughs> other things they shot for projects she did. And when she left Impact, she went into television production. She worked on Big Brother and a couple other uh, things. She met this guy, Dan Bree, and he was the showrunner for this new show that he pitched to uh, Discovery called Off the Hook Extreme Catches. It's basically all these crazy styles of fishing, not like catching bass in a boat or you know yeah. catching catfish along a bank like the first episode i caught a, a six foot lemon shark from a paddleboard you know like it's uh it was a wild show and uh they had cast a, a professional fisherman and internally discovery and animal planet they hated it it was it wasn't anything against him they just wanted the show to be fun and it to be um kind of goofy and funny and physical and that's not who this guy was. So they, re they they started recasting it. Jess Ward saw this thing go out because she met Danbury on the show called Slice that they did together for Discovery. And she said, I read the thing and the first person I thought about was you. I'm gonna call Dan because I know him and put your name in the hat. Do you mind? Okay. I'm wrestling full time. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're on the road every weekend. I don't think anything of it. Of course, I would love to try that. Um, but I'm not thinking I'm gonna get it. I just said, yeah, sure. A couple weeks later, Dan Bree, this guy Dan Bree calls me uh, and said, if it's my it's my show, but I sold it to Discovery. If it's my choice, you're the host right now and we're shooting this. But Discovery has pays the money, so they have to decide. And it's kind of this long process. And there's hundreds of people that have auditioned and sent in videos and whatever. I didn't send in anything. I just put in my name. So a couple of weeks go by and he's calling me every week and calling me every week. And he said, can you... They like you, but they're worried about you being funny and engaging in, in front of a camera when you're not in a wrestling world. So could you shoot something? So me and a good buddy of mine, Brian Edwards, who used to work in production uh, for TNA and Impact, okay. um, we shot this like man versus food style thing at this little restaurant in Nashville, and he edited it together. We did it all in a day. Uh, I gave him a bottle of Jack Daniels, and he, <laughs> he went on his way, and I sent that in. And then it was like a month went by and Dan's calling me every day. Oh, you're still in it. You're still in it. And I finally just had to say, look, man, like you don't have to call me every day. Like I would love to do the show. Uh, I think I could do it. I think I'd be good at it. But 
if it doesn't work out, it's not a problem. I've got a full-time job and I'm wrestling. I'm on the road all the time. You don't need to call me every day. <laughs> right. Just if I get it, cool. If not, good luck and, and no worries. You know, thanks <laughs> for considering me. And uh, probably a couple more months went by. And then I was in New York with my wife visiting my cousin who lives in Brooklyn. And he said, it's yours. You got it. So we're going to shoot this thing. And I have no idea what a sizzle reel is at the time. A sizzle reel is like a mini six or seven minute episode of what an episode will look like. So we went to Rhode Island and we did this skishing. It's a style of fishing where you get in. A, it's technically not at night, but you can't shoot in the ocean at night because you can't see anything. So technically this ex-Navy SEAL, this guy, Ed, a complete lunatic, an amazing man, ex-Navy SEAL. Like he's jumped out. He's halo jumped out of planes. He's dove okay. out of the back of subs. He's been all over the world as, as a Navy SEAL. And his style of fishing is this skishing. And you have a huge surf pole. You walk into the surf at night, and then the tide changes when the moon comes down, and it pulls you out to sea. And you use uh, eels and live eels you hook them up they swim down and then these striped bass come and get them and you catch striped bass while you're in a wetsuit bobbing in the middle of the ocean well, the problem with that is when you're bobbing in the ocean you're basically shark bait like that's that's when they typically when people get attacked when you're on the surface and that's technically what you're doing so we shot like a mini episode of that we obviously didn't go out and do the fishing because we didn't have time shot it all in a day then they passed that around internally and discovery loved it and animal planet loved it and we went right into production of the show. And, and I mean, not knowing anything about TV, typically they do six episodes. That's a pilot season. Right. But they loved it so much, they ordered 12 right away. And we they, the, they started airing them before we were even finished shooting the first wow. season. And by the second episode, they had already, already re-upped it for 12 more. So in span of uh, a little over two years, shot 24 episodes of that. It was seen all over the world. Changed my life yeah. um, professionally, financially. Like personally, it, it, it changed everything. Came at a time for me in wrestling when my contract was up and I was able to negotiate and start making really good money. Yeah. Um, made really good money working on the show. Had all these amazing adventures, like met Oprah, like stood wow. on, met uh, Morgan Freeman and hung out with him. Uh, was on stage at the upfronts with the CEO of Discovery with no shirt on, carrying a goat. And like, That's awesome. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I I loved it, man. And I can I can swap fishing stories with anybody, <laughs> with anybody. So yeah, I don't do a lot of it anymore. I mean, I don't have time. It's it's financially it's expensive if you want to really do it. Fishing in the ocean can be an expensive habit, but. Um, and the the truth is is like the adventure of the show was more of what I was a fan of. Fishing was the vessel. Um, but the adventure of it, doing all these weird kind of wild, you know, diving for octopus in Hawaii and biting their brains to dispatch them, and which is a t traditional Hawaiian method of doing it. You know, we did, I did grabbling or, or uh, noodling. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, 115-foot cliff dive in Hawaii. I uh, collected opihi along the coast, which they say is the, the deadliest job on earth. More people die per capita doing that than any, any job in the world, even more than the Bering Sea caught fished in the Bering Sea for 33 hours straight yeah so I've uh, wow. seen a lot of stuff doing that show it was an amazing opportunity there's always stuff I shot a pilot for a show uh, for Travel Channel that, that never went uh, I'm in talks and negotiations right now with the NHL network to do a show possibly next season with them so okay. it's something I always have in my back pocket um, wrestling is my first priority that's that's my 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 life that's my job that's my uh, my livelihood but yeah. I'm, I'm I'm a very experiential person. I want to do everything. I want to try everything. And uh, that opened a bunch of doors. I was able to be in commercials. I was in a 
uh, a television show with Billy Ray Cyrus that aired on CMT. I wow. did uh, a commercial for Bush Beans. I've done, uh, was in a music video. I've done a bunch of stuff that, that opened, opened a ton of doors. And, and the truth is, is it's changed my standing in wrestling because I became kind of a quote unquote real celebrity during that. You know, like I couldn't go almost anywhere without being recognized while the show was on. Okay. Wow. Wild. That is a lot. Yeah. That is a lot. Man, you've done a lot of stuff. Uh, real quick, and we'll wrap it up. Back to wrestling. So do you see a difference between the TNA Impact days, where it's the Impact Zone, to Impact Wrestling now? And, you know, if so, what's your thoughts on the six-sided ring? Yeah, uh, it's, it's obviously different. Uh, and I say this, I've said this in a bunch, is, is it's ran and owned by completely different people. You right. know, there's no slight on, on who it was before or any of that. Like I enjoyed my, my time here before. It was just time for me to move on and try something else. And I did that and I did very well for myself. And, and now it's, it, it's ran and operated by different people. It's on a different channel um, through Anthem, who is a great partner for, for Impact and for us and treat us very well. You know, we're basically the flagship program of Access TV, the highest rated program for them every week, week in and week out. Okay. And the numbers aren't staggering, but the numbers, staggering numbers don't exist in television anymore. And a lot of wrestling fans want to talk about ratings, demographics <laughs> and yeah. stuff. And the truth is, is they don't know anything about it. I know double of what they know, and I know very little about it. And yeah. there's all kinds of ways you can twist and bend numbers to tell anybody anything. Um, but the truth is, is, is television is so niche now right. that the numbers that we get, you know, puts us in a very good spot financially, puts us in a very good spot visibility-wise, and being the number one rated show on a network is a feather in your cap. You know, the, we don't have the money or the generational following that the WWE has. Uh, we don't have the, the, the huge television station or the financial backing that AEW has. We're uh, a, a fly by the seat of your pants, you know, Let's uh, everyone just grab the rope and start pulling, and let's see what we can do. And that's uh, it's exciting, man. I you know I I, I want this company to do well. Um, you know, tons. Of, I've known Scott Demore for over 30 years, and the culture and the success that he's cultivated here shouldn't be lost on anybody. This company almost didn't exist three or four years ago. Right. It was on fumes. Yep. And he brought it back from the brink, and it's seen and you know, in 40 to 60 different countries. It's, it's viewed all over the world. The numbers on television are well, the marketing is well, the sponsorships are way up. Um, pay for, for a lot of the wrestlers is up. Um, you know, we're, we're traveling North America. We're, you know, we're somewhere different for all the TV tapings. Um, so yeah, it's night and day different. You know I mean, they're, they're, the only difference is we use the TNA lineage in the, in the titles. And that's the, only, that's the only similarity. You know, it isn't TNA. It's a completely different product, completely different company ran, promoted, and operated by completely different people. And I think you can really see the difference. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the six-sided ring, I mean, didn't bother me. I can remember doing media with Kevin Nash, and he had a classic, uh, a classic quote, and they said, what is it like for you? And he goes, well, there's two more corners for me to put guys in and give them elbows. And uh, <laughs> I always thought that was hilarious. But for me, there was really no difference. I enjoy the six-sided. You know, for me, it's like if you're a casual fan or a person that's flipping and you see it, it's different. Right, it just something about it would grab your eye because you're typical. You're used to seeing right. four sides, right? That's what pro wrestling is, and all of a sudden there's this different thing, and uh, I I liked it. Some of the guys thought it was 
it was pretty stiff, and I think there was parts of it that were it was hard to work in. Um, but the extra ropes never really bothered me. I, I liked the way that it looked. I liked the way that it it felt different because we were we were never in competition with the WWE. Right. Like we're not in competition with them now. We're not in competition with AEW. I think that's a huge misconception. Like just with the fans, you know. I think the, the boys and girls get it that work yeah. in the business. But you know, as long as you're as long as you have a great product that's successful generating revenue and yep. you know everyone's getting paid that's that's the end of it yeah that's the end of it and the truth is is like what a time to be a wrestling fan right now there's so much you know right. to consume and and you don't have to like one and hate the others no one made those rules and right. I, there's a lot of that and i think that's a, there's just too much of that divisiveness in the world it's like you're red or you're blue or you're black or you're white or you're, you're right or you're wrong right. there, you know what i mean the reality is is life is gray everything is gray and art is gray and uh impact you know and i'm biased and you know it's for me it's the best professional wrestling show on tv it's made for professional wrestling fans you know the people that are watching it and consuming it and what they're saying we're listening to what those people are saying the people that are paying our bills the people right. we're not trying to draw in casual people because that's that's not what it is we're a professional wrestling show we want professional wrestling fans we want fans that are watching the wwe we want fans that are watching AEW or roh or new japan or cml or triple a or, or independence you know i mean we we want them watching what we're doing and they should be i mean it's 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 minute for minute the best pro wrestling show on tv because it's written by people that love professional wrestling yeah. have lived and breathed professional wrestling for professional wrestling fans. If you're a professional wrestling fan and you're not watching Impact, you're missing out. I'm not saying you're going to enjoy it all because that's not possible. Right. That doesn't exist. You know, yeah, Because you watch and support the WWE, good. And support AEW, good. Support ROH, good. New, J New Japan, good. Support them all because there's all amazing people doing amazing things everywhere. And you shouldn't just limit yourself to one thing. I mean, you're, you're, you're hurting only yourself. It would be my thing is is uh, open your eyes to to new ways of doing things, different ways of doing things, and I think it's it's minute for minute the best pro wrestling show on television right now. Okay, so this weekend, well, actually tomorrow, this is going to air after Under Siege. Yep. Um, so not really worth promoting it, but I kind of uh, want to ask you, uh, what you and your group VBD. Violent by Design is going to do to the Briscoes. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's an enjoyable thing. It's such a, I was saying earlier, it's a small world. And I, I've known of the Briscoes, obviously, for a long time. Uh, I think, you know, over the last 10 years, they're one of, if not the best and most successful tag team in professional wrestling. They've been together forever. They continue to be together, like they're brothers in real life and, and uh, brothers inside and outside the business. Uh, super talented guys, and I, we're you know later today will be will be the match. So I don't know what will happen, but I know that it will be something special. I know that people will remember it, um, and uh, we've never crossed paths before. You know, we've never actually ever shared a dressing room together, which is pretty weird. Okay. You know, at some point I've I've met almost everybody and shared a locker room with almost everybody at some point, but uh, them not not before uh, meeting them. You know, like professionals. Um, super talented guys unique and beautiful man it's you know they're just they've got their own thing and they're so good at it and that's what wrestling is you know I mean they found their thing and they shine the light on what the briscoes are and what they're about and we're going to do the same as vbd and there's a really cool story there somewhere and we're going to find that out and tell it tonight and I'm, I'm excited for the challenge titles on the line titles on the line all yep. right we'll yep. see what happens yep well, thank you, man, so much for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. Uh, everyone can follow Impact Wrestling online, of course, 
at Impact Wrestling, and where can everyone f follow you? Yeah, social? I'm uh, the Eric Young on Twitter, the Eric Young IG on Instagram. I've got a ton of followers. Uh, I am not a fan of social media. It's an amazing <laughs> tool, uh, and it can be an amazing thing. And I've met, you know, I, I met you right. through it. You know, uh, if I don't respond to you right away, it's nothing personal. It just means I have a life. I'm married. I have dogs. I play hockey. I have a hockey <laughs> show on FTN Network. I got all this stuff going on. And I'm not on my phone all the time because I hate it. Um, <laughs> I will get to it or I won't. Um, and that's just the reality. There's nothing personal. You know, yeah. I, it's, it's a tool for work for me. Um, Eric Young is, is not my real name. It's not right. who I really am. Uh, and that's who I am on both of those things. So if you want to hold it against somebody, you can hold it against him. But that's not who I am. <laughs> all right. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah, you got it, man. Everyone in the comments, give it up for Eric Young.